Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to another special bonus edition of the Fort Tanopoli Cultural Podcast. This is a podcast devoted to Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. I'm really excited about this episode. Napoli have a huge match coming up on Thursday against Atalanta, so I wanted to bring on an Atalanta supporter to get that unique perspective so joining me today is the host of the atalanta podcast the lifelong atalantino supporter and he was born into the bergamesco club dan pezzotta dan welcome to forza napoli hey joe i'm so excited thank you for having me on can't wait for uh the game on thursday yeah yeah same here it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a really really interesting one before we get to that match though i want to ask you about atalanta's most recent match which was against Udinese, which Atalanta won 3-2. to two. What were your thoughts on that match? Well, I mean, you know, seeing as the, the game before we came back from 2-0 behind to Lazio, the team sitting in second place, uh, it seemed like this game against Udinese was going to be a slam dunk. But uh, it didn't really turn out that way. Um, and, you know, we've, we've had Udinese's number in the past few games. Uh, the, uh, the first leg this season, we beat them 7-1 at home. Um, so it, it was interesting that, uh, Gasparini made quite a few changes, um, understandable, uh, since games are coming pretty fast. Uh, but it was clear that, uh, you know, it may have been one of those games that maybe we could have rested a few players and we did, but we definitely needed our core players to come back to get a result on this. And of course it doesn't, uh, it doesn't hurt when you have, uh, the best sub coming off the bench. In Luis Muriel, and he puts in two worldies to ensure that we get the the three points. But it was a little hairy there for a little bit. So uh, glad to get the win, though, definitely. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you look at the subs that Atalanta brought on in that match yesterday. I think they, they brought in Palomino. You mentioned Muriel, Gozins, Martin Darun, Ilicic. Now, granted, like you mentioned, they were they were probably resting some starters after after the Lazio match and in anticipation of, of the Napoli match. But I'd say that both of these clubs, both Atalanta and Napoli, are, are probably two of the deepest squads in Serie A. So, Again, a, a lot of intriguing uh, aspects to this match coming up on Thursday. One player that I've always been very fond of is Duvan Zapata. Now, Napoli actually signed him from Estudiantes in 2013. And then after playing with Udinez and Sampdoria, he landed at Atalanta. And he's just been unbelievable for Ladea since then. How important is Duvan Zapata to this club? Well, it's it's almost uh, it's hard to really quantify that to a certain extent. I think the best way of framing it, and this has a little bit of a Napoli slant to it as well, because if you look at who Duvan replaced as our number one striker, that was one of my favorite players, Andrea Petagna, and uh, we know that he's uh, signed for you guys and is going to be playing for you next season. And I'm excited for you and excited for him for that. But unfortunately, one of the things that Andrea didn't do well uh, when he played with us was finish. Uh, Atalanta is a team, especially this year, but even in the past few years, that created lots and lots of chances. Creative players like Papu, like Ilicic, are going to create chances for an out-and-out striker, and he just couldn't finish it. So last season, of course, Duvan gets, what, 28 goals. He is clinical, um, and he is ruthless. He is a nightmare matchup for opposing defenders. I think it was Leo Bonucci who recently said that Duvan was his hardest mark uh, ever. Um, So he can run the channels. He's so strong. He can hold up the play, and he's clinical in finishing. When you have a team like Atalanta who plays a high-press system, all-out attack system, you need somebody clinical. Um, And, uh, you know, having him uh, play the way that he does makes it possible for players like Ilicic, Muriel, Malinovsky, um, Papu to also get their chances. And uh, because of him and his presence, you can see how well spread the goals are and why we've scored 80 goals this season already. Yeah, that's so true. Like he's He brings so many different challenges to, to opposing defenders. You know, you, you mentioned his size. He's for it's so rare to find a player that that's that size but also that athletic he's, he has a great touch like you look at at that goal and he burned the defender just with one touch before like the, what was more impressive than the finish was the touch that created the the scoring opportunity so i i think you know he's he's a unique talent that i think any team is going to struggle to defend hopefully you know napoli has some pretty good center backs so hopefully they can they can handle that. But uh, I think that's definitely going to be a challenge. Yeah. Well, if there's one center back who can match him for size, speed, pace, and all that, it has to be Koulibaly. And I know Koulibaly this year, it hasn't been the Koulibaly of old, but uh, I think that that's going to be a, uh, you know, that's a plus that Napoli has a center back like, like him who could potentially be able to handle Duvan. Yeah. And it'll be interesting because Koulibaly really struggled uh, earlier in the season, but since Serie returned he's actually been really really good and I I thought Gattuso might have rested him a little bit more for the 
the match against Spal, knowing that it was it was a weaker opponent. He's also on four yellows, so if he if he mm. picked up a yellow in that match against Spal, he would have missed this match. So I was biting my nails a little bit, but fortunately he stayed out of the book. Um, but that's definitely going to be a, a really really interesting matchup. Yeah, I think definitely that um, if you're if you're looking at uh, straight player for player, um, you know that's a pretty even matchup um, between the two teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm also curious to see what strategy Gattuso employs. I, I think we know Atalanta pretty much plays one way. They're going to bring the firepower and outscore you. With Napoli, we've seen Gattuso actually be pretty flexible in looking at his opponents. And against the bigger clubs, he can play ultra-conservative. He's, he's done that numerous times now against Barcelona in the Champions League. He did it against Inter and, and Juventus in the Coppa Italia with, with great success in all of those matches. And then we've seen against maybe some of the, the bottom table teams like Spal over uh, the weekend where they can play more of an attacking style of play. They actually yesterday looked like they were playing more of a, a Sadi ball type where they were moving the ball quickly and passing it around. I'm really curious to see how Gattuso lines up against Atalanta. I think he's probably going to go with that conservative defensive style, but I'm a little worried about that as well because this team can really score in a lot of different ways. Yeah. I think the Udinese match was a good um, illustration of how you can frustrate uh, Atalanta. And of course, I'm not comparing Udinese's talent at all to what Napoli has, especially the the run of form that Napoli's in and the way that Gattuso has them playing, uh, it's amazing. You're right. He's super flexible. I feel like there's much less pressure on him at, in Naples uh, to play champagne football than there was uh, when he was at Milan. And um, when when Napoli goes into their defensive block, that 4-1-4-1, you know, with Deme there in front of the back four and the two wings collapsing, and then you have either Mertens or Milik up top, they are so hard to break down. And And... To a certain extent, Udinese was doing the same thing. And what you would see was Papu Gomez ending up dropping very deep um, and kind of playing like a quarterback role or, a, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily call him a regista because he doesn't stay back that often. Um, but he was really, really dropping deep because he needs to create the play. And that creates a lack of width in Atalanta. Um, and when that happens, um, you know, it's it, so much of the attack usually comes from our wingbacks, Gosens and Hatabor or Castagna. So it really negated the way that we attacked. And then you saw Kevin Lasagna and his pace just totally destroy Jim City, Toloi, and Caldara. Uh, Caldara was actually lucky, in my opinion, to be on the pitch. He should have gotten a yellow card uh, for pulling back, um, I think it was uh, Fofana. And because it was a play on an advantage, he didn't get a yellow card. Then later he got a yellow card for pulling down lasagna so when you have people like Milik or Mertens who are able to stretch and the play and play on the counter um, I don't think there's any other team in Serie A right now and I'm not just pandering to the audience right here but no other team other than Gattuso's Napoli I think they're the best anti-Atalanta right now so I think it's going to be a very interesting game yeah no you make a good point that a couple of points there. One, I noticed it as well that when Udinese dropped with a lot of players behind the ball, especially in the 18-yard the box, it made it more difficult for Atalanta to penetrate that back line. And, and we know that, that Napoli is capable of doing that. And then you also mentioned the counterattack. I'd say I'm, I'm actually expecting Mertens to get another start here, even though he played the last match, because I think he offers more of a counterattacking threat 
than Milik does. Milik gives you that that height and uh, ability to win headers on on set pieces. But when we look at say the the goal that uh, Merton scored uh, against Inter in the Coppa Italia, mm-hmm. it was you know a, a pure counterattack, and Napoli really didn't create much in that match. And I think that's going to be the the strategy in this match. And one thing we know about Atalanta that's not a big secret necessarily is that they do give up opportunities to the mm-hmm. opponent. Yeah, I mean, uh, I like to call it the heart attack defense because uh, Atalanta's defense starts with the forwards. Um, when we start steamrolling people in the midfield well into the, you know, almost to the, the, the final third, that's when we start turning the screw and really start um, like suffocating the other team. Um, so I, I think that Napoli has enough, um, enough skill um, and competence to be able to avoid that. Um, but I think regardless of who plays, whether it's Milik or Mertens, and I agree with you, it's probably going to be Mertens. Um, those two players are real Atalanta killers. I think in the last, in the last match we played in Bergamo, that exciting 2-2 draw, um, was it, was it in Bergamo or was it in Naples? I can't remember. I think it was in Naples. Um, you know, Milik had a goal and hit two posts. So he is a consummate Atalanta killer. Um, you know, we were lucky in that game to come out with a point. Um, you know, it's not a necessarily a popular sentiment, but, uh, you know, uh, care when he was playing with us, when he brought down, I think it was Llorente, that should have been a penalty, but what happens right away on the other play is Ilicic goes down and scores the, uh, tying, the tying goal. Um, so I, I think that, uh, you know, even you, that was still Ancelotti's Napoli, but we had some trouble, um, with them and usually we're pretty good on the road against you guys recently. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on Thursday. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, you took the words out of my mouth on on that being Ancelotti's Napoli, but certainly there's there's things you can look at and, and players. Some players just play well for whatever reason against certain clubs. Like you look at uh, Andreas Cornelius with his two hat tricks against Genoa for some <laughs> reason. You know, he he does well. Um, but I, on the flip side, I could probably reel off like six or seven players that worry me about an Atalanta squad. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a really really interesting match. So let's let's pivot a little bit and talk about um, Champions League. Mm. Before I get to this year's Champions League, you know Roma lost uh, their match against Milan. They were really really dreadful. Um, so that's now given Atalanta some breathing room. And knowing that Champions League will be played at the end of Serie A in late August, early September, whenever it is. Do you think we'll see Atalanta start to rest some of their bigger players like Zapata and Papu? You know, we saw Ilicic. So far, I think he's only come on off the bench in the, in the couple of matches uh, I've seen since Serie A returned. Um, or do you think it's going to be just pedal to the metal and full force ahead with this squad? Oof, that's a tough one. Um, I, I'm really not sure uh, with it because one of the things with Atalanta, um, and I, I think it's it's pretty well known now. I think in the past it was overlooked was just how fit we are. Um, we tend to uh, outrun and just physically we're a lot stronger. Um, you know, I think it was Papu who said a couple of weeks ago that game day is a vacation because gas gas trains them so hard. Um, but at the same time, we saw uh, a heavenly host of changes against Udinese, uh, probably in preparation for Napoli. So there's a little bit of a gap obviously, um, at, at, at between the end of Serie A and the beginning of Champions League. Um, 
But we still have some big matches uh, to play uh, in Serie A. But with this cushion that we have, I think you're probably going to see a little bit of a rotation. We have a couple of players who are potentially going to be on the transfer market. Um, potentially our two wingbacks, Goosens and Castagna. Uh, we brought in a couple of good wingbacks in the winter transfer window. So I'm hoping that maybe they get uh, a couple of, uh, of, of games to play. That's Leonard Chibora and uh, Raul Bellanova. Uh, as well as I'm really excited about the center back and that we have um, Bosco Schutelo. I think he's from Croatia. Uh, he looks like a really, really good prospect. So what I'm hoping is that not only are we doing some rotation, but some of our young guys in preparation for next year in Serie A are going to get a run out so that we can see how they do. So I'm actually think, you know what? I actually think we're going to see some... Um, some rotation happening within Atalanta, especially before bigger matches. I mean, our final game in Serie A is against Inter, so um, I know that there's a quite a big gap now uh, with Inter and uh, Scudetto, but uh, it's always good to get one over Inter, so uh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, no, that's it's another good point. That you know, One thing that, that I really love about this Atalanta squad, or this, this club in general, is that they between their academy, the Zingonia Academy, and and their scouts, they seem to every year find these diamonds in the rough that, and then they can take a player that nobody knew about the year before, flip him for ten or twenty million euros, and and waiting in line is another one. Mm-hmm. Yep, not <laughs> in, and they just keep on churning out these quality players, uh, which is really something I, I'd like to see other clubs to do, especially Napoli. Like Napoli is is kind of the opposite side of the spe- spectrum when it comes to uh, player development and and their youth system. So that's that's another thing about this Atalanta club that that really impresses me. And I, you know, it's funny. I would say probably certainly up until last year and and definitely this year, for a lot of people that I know that are not Napoli fans. It seemed like Napoli was the most popular second favorite team, and and now Atalanta is definitely <laughs> definitely the second favorite team for a lot of people out there. Yeah, I mean you can't blame them. It's uh, it's really fun to watch, and and like you said, like you know, for for us Atalanta, Atalanta insiders, you know, it's really really hard to say, Joe, because we we are a model club. We own our own stadium. We have a good youth development. Um, we're refurbishing our stadium. You know, we play attacking football. We we buy players for less than five million in in Holland and turn them into thirty, forty million dollar players. Um, you know, we do a lot of the right things, um, but there is a sense within the club um, that you know we love to win. Uh, it, this is the greatest period in in our history, in our hundred and almost thirteen year history. Um, but we want to make sure that we don't lose our small club, uh, you know, and that's something that, you know, when you're from a city of 120,000, um, that, you know, it's great that, that people see Atalanta. Um, I'm more of a fan of Atalanta's popularity rise for being a great, uh, commercial for Serie A. And I think that that's, what's really important because I think that Atalanta is changing that that stereotype of defensive negative football. And of course, we know as Serie A lovers, that hasn't been the case for years. Um, but for those people who like to watch other leagues, they see a team like Atalanta play and it uh, draws them to Serie A. I don't, I don't think we need any more Atalanta fans. It's great that we're the second fan, but we need more people to watch Italian football 
because I think that the more people who watch Italian football, the more the Italian football is finally going to get itself together um, in, in a good way. And I think that um, Atalanta is being an ambassador for Serie A right now, and I'm proud of that. Absolutely. I mean, I don't put a, a whole ton of confidence in in like a Serie A and, and the FIGC, mm-hmm. but I, I completely agree that that brand of football will attract more viewers. And then just purely from a financial standpoint, that then drives uh, revenues in terms of broadcasting. And, and then you start to see, you know, bigger name players come to Serie A. And, and that's how you get this league, league back up to where it once was. Mm-hmm. And, so, you know, Hopefully, if they do sell players, they or at least the, the star players, they, they stay in Serie A and, and the, the talent stays in the league as opposed to, to leaving the league and, and we can continue to build that up. But they're absolutely a, a great advertisement for Serie A. I, I, I appreciate, too, that it, it is a bit of a risky strategy because I don't think you want to rely necessarily on, on finding these diamonds in the rough. Mm-hmm. But uh, so far, it's working. They've, they've got an excellent system. You mentioned the stadium. You know, again, to looking at Napoli, the San Paolo has so much history, but it's such a dump. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, you're seeing all of these other clubs that are, you know, Fiorentina, Roma for a long time that have been trying to build new stadiums and, and dealing with the bureaucracy in Italy is, is obviously, <laughs> obviously a big challenge. Um, so looking ahead, and, and we'll close on this one, I'm curious to know, you mentioned Champions League, and I think part of the reason why Atalanta are or have become setting at Sweethearts is because of the success they've had on that European stage, global stage. You know, is your mind still on the Champions League, or are you just focused on Serie right now? That's a great question. I think that, um, you know, with such a big gap uh, this uh, off-season that we've had during this COVID break, um, you know, I you kind of forgot a little bit about it. Um, and since Serie A came back first. Uh, so I think that now, though, um, I, I'm starting to think a little bit about Champions League now that, you, you know, that we have that nine-point cushion. And it, you know, barring any kind of collapse, which, you know, with a club like Atalanta, we get a couple of injuries. Who knows what happens? Um, you know, barring any kind of collapse, it looks like we have Champions League football secured uh, for next year. Um yeah, I'm starting to really think about it, and I'm actually feeling quite optimistic about it. Um, not just because of how we, you know, came back from being from losing our first three games and you know drawing with Man City and you know dispatching um, Valencia in the form that we did, um, but I think this tournament setup is actually very beneficial for us to have one game tournaments and to have the games so close together. Uh, again, of course. The competition in Champions League is one notch above Serie A, uh, but I think even physic- our physicality and our fitness will actually uh, be really, really good for us. And 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 I know that the German teams are, and uh, and and I think uh, is PSG still in it? I can't remember. Are they out? I can't remember. But the German teams are going to have a little bit of a break comparatively, so that might uh, not uh, be too good for them. Who knows? It might be great. It might it might be you know a negative. And we're after we're coming off of just finishing our season, so I, I kind of like our chances to get to the semifinals in the Champions League. So I'm definitely thinking about that, Joe. Yeah, I think PSG and Lyon are both still in it, but they still have to play their their second leg. Yeah. So I agree. I mean, the German clubs will have not played for a while. I think the French league is going to start up probably before. 
Champions League starts, but still, I, I don't think it'll. They'll have some friendlies in the summer, but I don't think they'll be quite at the same. Certainly not at the fitness level that that you know the Italian and the English uh, and the Spanish clubs will be at. So that's it, Dan. I think this was really great. Thank you so much for doing this. I, I before I let you go, please tell our listeners where they can follow you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, best place to follow me is, of course, Twitter. Um, you can find me at Atalanta underscore Vegas uh, as part of my Las Vegas Atalanta supporters group. Um, if you want to follow my personal page, at, well, it's at U-B-E-E-T-Z-1981, at U-B-E-T-Z-1981. You can see kind of uh, a little bit more of my uh, opinions about other football clubs uh, on that. Uh, also, uh, like mentioned, uh, we do uh, have a podcast, the Atalanta podcast. We have the Atalanta Now and the Atalanta Then. It's kind of a, a work in progress. Um, and we're kind of uh, coming up with some new formats. So um, be prepared to see that uh, some new episodes coming out in the future. But uh, thank you, Joe, so much for having me on. I can't wait for the game on Thursday, like I said. Same here. And it was an absolute pleasure having you on. So thanks again to Dan Pizzotta for joining us. I hope everyone enjoyed listening. We'll talk to you again later in the week. But until then, I'm Joe Fischetti, Forza Napoli Sempre. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.